Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Passion Project, the podcast about passionate people and the things that drive them. I'm your host, Taylor Reed, and I hope you guys are doing all right out there. I know there's a lot of crazy things going on in the world with COVID-19, the pandemic, practicing our social distancing, Wearing our masks in buildings, listening to laws, but also, of course, all the protests and Black Lives Matter and all of that going on. Um, There's a lot of educating ourselves and a lot of learning and a lot of listening. I hope everyone is doing so. So I hope that all of you are doing well amidst this um, crazy time that we're living in. Uh, I hope you're finding family and friends and just clinging to them and loving them as much as you can and um, absorbing as many uh, as much amazing content that there is right now, whether it be television, whether it be movies, whether it be books, whether it be podcasts. Um, I just hope you're kind of absorbing this time and, and learning and educating yourself as much as you can and, and yeah, and, and loving those around you. So thank you guys for tuning in this week on episode 12. We're so thankful for all our audiences here at Passion Project. Um, We're just thankful for each and every audience member that tunes in each week. So thank you guys. This week on Passion Project, episode 12, we have such an incredible guest. I know I say that every week, you guys, but really, truly, the next couple weeks, um, we have just some knockouts, and it's just incredible, and I'm so thankful that I was able to get these guests. So you guys are really in for some real treats coming up, but this week in particular, I'm just so proud and honored to have Michael Brennan on this week. If you guys don't know him, you will after this. He is a an actor. He is a singer and dancer and performer in all senses of the word, all definitions. Uh, he is just a wonderful friend. We grew up doing theater together, and he really, truly was someone that I wanted to have on as a guest from the beginning, and I'm so glad that I was able to get him Um, He is currently living in New York, uh, and we talk about that, and we talk about, of course, being a performer, what it's been like not having work during this kind of crazy season, um, and all the, how it's kind of affected him psychologically and emotionally and all of that, but can't wait for you guys to hear about his passion of theater and how it's kind of grown him as a person. Um, So, Yeah, without further ado, here is episode 12 of Passion Project. And the thing that I've been feeling is... um, like everyone's going through it. It's not just me that's like missing things. It's like the whole world is like having crappy things happen to them. So oh, yeah, <laughs> that's just, this is the season of a lot of things going on. So. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm Michael Brennan. Hello, Hello Taylor. <laughs> I'm so, so ex- It's so fun. So this is the first podcast I'm recording over zoom, which I'm Woo! <laughs> I know. I'm. I'm just excited. I, I'm able to get it up and running. So, so I hope. Um, I, and, I hope I don't mess anything up. Oh no, you'll be fine. <laughs> Honestly, and I keep telling people this, but I wrote a list of like people I wanted to have on when I first, and you were on that list, and so I'm really excited Thank to you. Like, talk to you and 
catch i mean catching up really yeah. so i haven't seen each other in so long um, we just talked for like 20 minutes before this I know. Started, so. <laughs> I know i know and it's been a journey getting you here no i'm just kidding yeah. oh no you're not wrong <laughs> Um, well, first of all, we're going to talk about a lot of different things. You do live in New York City, which is very exciting. Yes. Hello from New York. <laughs> um, I mean, I find excited. I love New York. I've been like seven times. Okay. And every time I go, I, I just like feel like I'm like home. <laughs> um, and my, but also my wife and I went to Chicago for a honeymoon. I don't know if you've ever been to Chicago. I'm not. It's amazing. It's everyone so cool. who's ever been to Chicago has told me they love <laughs> Chicago more than New York. My one of my best friends. I would like, actually say London is better than New York. London. That's oh, just, London. Yeah, Take me yeah. to London. I love yeah, yeah, yeah. London. I've been there. It's I'm sad. I've been to London, but not Chicago. But everyone. Well, I've only been to Chicago once, so I think if I I've gone more, I I maybe would say that. But right now, like New York's a little bit. There's just more to do, and like, there's just more things happening in New York. And maybe I'm wrong, but. I don't think you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> you're like, I live there. Uh, no, I think you're right. There's a lot of things to do. Um, out of all the cities that I've, I've been to, I would say, I, like, I've lived in Toronto. We'll get to this. But I lived in Toronto mm. for a period of time. And I went to, I stayed in London for, like, a week. Um, and obviously, I live here. And I still, between Toronto and London, I need to live in either of those cities. Right. Yeah. New York. I mean, I live here, so I'm like, yeah, I live here, but I want to live. Uh, one part of my life, I want to live in, like, London for at least a year or two. Mm-hmm. Did you like Toronto? Oh, my gosh. Toronto? Yeah. Can I, I just said Canada. <laughs> Canada. You know I'm half Canadian. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. That how cool, how much I care about you, because I love <laughs> Canadian. Um, uh, Toronto is just, there's one, there's just this air of, like, kindness and right. peace mm-hmm. and every time i'm there I, I lived there for two months and like the ch- the drastic change between being in the u.s and being there is just, mm-hmm. it's abs- it's absurd just because i'm like yeah. oh, we're so close but our worlds are so different right um the people are so kind um and the one it's cleaner and <laughs> i mean mm-hmm. every time i get in an uber there like they just want to talk about <laughs> life, and they're so right. kind mm-hmm. and like you can talk to somebody on the street and it's not weird. Like here, everyone right. has an attitude and just, yeah. So I, I, but I love, Toronto. which is also kind of a South thing too, which I'm sure yes. we'll get into, but yeah. <laughs> um, well, first of all, I want to talk, of course, New York is kind of a uh, New York city specifically is kind of, I would say the epicenter of what's been kind of going on yeah. with COVID, which I'm sure is, can be stressful and, and anxiety ridden and all of that. Um, but I do talk about like your experience. Like, what has it been like? I know you've been cooped up in your apartment for a long time for yeah. a lot of it. Yeah. Um, but live like, what is kind of? I guess talk about what it's been like for you, but also just the the city of New York. If you can talk about that too. So, uh, like beyond COVID, just in- yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at, well, just COVID for a little bit. Just kind of okay. like this time. <laughs> okay. Like, do you know, kind of like like has the city felt different or? I um, have lived here for about over a year officially, but I've come to New York, you know, obviously for the past like 10 Mm -hmm. to 15 years. So I've experienced the city in every single season of the year and seen the, like the tourist season being huge and like Christmas time being crazy. And I've seen it in every 
way and right now being here it's as if it's a ghost town it's i mean i've been uh i've been here since march 16th was my last day of work before they furloughed all of um our employees and even before it was happening it was like kind of like people it wasn't as busy at like i work at a gym <clears throat> as my survival job so i it wasn't <laughs> as busy there um but it was still like people weren't wearing masks and this was march 16th like people weren't right. wearing masks people right. were just like doing their thing but like other people would be like you better prepare for this thing that's coming mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. just didn't know so to go from that and then um i was quarantined for two weeks and then to leave my apartment for the first time and being outside it was as if the whole world had changed um right. I, i've been volunteering down in times square um helping uh put together hospital gowns for the okay. i was gonna ask you what you were doing with that yeah yeah it's called the broadway yeah. relief project i've been doing that for about two and a half months now um and it's the studio we work at is a the open jar studios which is a huge uh, rehearsal space for broadway shows um i have my voice lessons there um mm -hmm. but it's in the middle of times square and it's my, my very first time down there i wanted to cry just because like new york mm -hmm. is not what it is you know it's right. um, dead and like afterwards my friend and i who had been volunteering that day we just walked around in the middle of times square i mean you've been there so many times now mm -hmm. but you can't go in the street and not get hit by a car. You know what I mean? You yeah, can't be, yeah. you're always by a person. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had the whole place to myself. And so that's been very tough. Um, yeah. But with the weather changing, I mean, at first it was cold. So now the weather's changing. Yeah, people yeah. are wanting to get out in their mm -hmm. the parks. Are, I mean, I mean, people are still obeying social distancing, you know, they're yeah. still being smart, I think, for the most part. Of course, there are those mm -hmm. who aren't. Um, but we just want sunlight and we want to be in the grass. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, been weird. it's been weird though. I never ever in my wildest dreams could ever think this is possible. And mm. I'm still even, especially the, this past week with all the writing and all the, um, mm -hmm. the marching and protests and on top of COVID, like it feels like our world is in a movie. I, I, I wake yeah. up and it's like, yeah. I, have to, I described it to my friend saying like, when I have nightmares, I have this like sense of like, I can't control anything. And like there's, and you wake up feeling distressed and I like, well, I wake up and I'm like, I feel as if I'm in a nightmare. Mm. Um, just because it's, nothing seems to be giving up, you know, nothing's mm. like relaxing yet. Um, I don't know, that was a long an yeah. answer. No, but you're good. It, it's, it's just, it's weird. It's, yeah. It's, sad too um, yeah i just missed i missed normality but again mm. i don't know when the next time we'll get that so right yeah um, my well my wife works in healthcare, and so we've been kind of having that side of it too like you know i am a very social person and thrive on being with people and so me being stuck at home with basically just our dog is it has been really hard and even when things were kind of slowly opening up for Virginia I'm like we should go like hang out and blah, blah. and my wife's like no like we need to like you know stay at home like and so she, and she has a different kind of attitude too because she's like well I can infect people because I see people every day and so there's all of that so it's it's definitely a lot to handle but there are things like this or or entertainment or whatever it be that can kind of I don't, I don't want to say distract us, but at least kind of lighten our, 
kind of <clears throat> motivate us to keep going, I think. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've seen uh, so many, for those who don't know, I'm an actor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we yes. I, I do a, a little part in the beginning, so I, I will say okay, that. Okay, I was like, I don't know if we, uh, <laughs> anyone knows this, but I'm being in the theater community, I mean, we've been hit very hard by this, and right. I, I just, no one knows the next time. I mean, Broadway's mm-hmm. closed supposedly till September, but personally, I think it's going to be later than that, and right. my world of auditioning just doesn't exist, and we just don't know when the next time it's going to happen, mm-hmm. but I feel as mm-hmm. the community has been hit so hard, we are also stepping up and showing the world, like, entertainment in all forms is almost the center of who we are, you know, and it's about camaraderie and um, showing hope. Mm -hmm. So I'm thankful that we've had, like, all these Zoom cabarets. I've had so many, I've Mm -hmm. been in a couple cabarets. I've seen my friends performing in them. These theater companies coming out and um, putting on things, of course, like, Broadway's done so much for it as well. So it's been, that's been encouraging that, we, that hasn't stopped us from performing and like encouraging the world, but yeah, just the fact that we can't be in the same room. It's so, it's disheartening. It's uh, yeah. And you just don't know what the world after this is going to look like mm-hmm. either. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I, thankfully like things like this have happened before and you know, we overcame that. So we know that as a society, as them as a culture that we can, you know, at some point we'll not have to wear a mask or something like that. Right. (laughs) I keep thinking like, why I'm in a grocery store and I'm just wearing this mask and I'm like, right. This is not normal. (laughs) It's like, my mindset is like, I, I go there and I'm like, Oh, I really don't want to wear a mask. Like I just, people are going to stay like, it's going to be weird. Like I'm going to feel weird. And, and then I get there and I put it on and I go inside and like, nobody cares. Like everyone's doing the same thing. That's well, like where I come from it. I'm like, uh, I, now I feel we're not wearing a mask. That's where it's oh, okay. at, the, okay. at first. I, I will never forget the first week people would wear masks. And of course, like all the people who really didn't know anything about right. COVID were like, Oh, they're being so dramatic, <laughs> and I would like walk yes. around and, mm-hmm. and walk around and do whatever and feel fine. And then now, if you're not wearing a mask, you look—you're the one who's being yes. like, looked yes. at. Like mm-hmm. people are staring at you. I mean, mm-hmm. which I'm, I hate, but it's the reality. Um, yeah, yeah. I could talk about masks all day. I've been. Such <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen those pictures from like, I think it's the influenza or like from 1908 or whatever, or whenever that was. And there's like pictures of people at a baseball game and they're like all in masks and like little, I'll have to send it to you, but it's, yeah, it's crazy. And like all the baseball players are wearing masks and. It's encouraging. This is the only thing encouraging about that is we know it's not forever. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Like it's not forever. Mm -hmm. We will find. And even my wife is like, once the vaccine gets made, like things will start to slowly go back to normal, which is really good. Until then, it's just keep pushing through and find outlets and ways. I mean, I've been spending the last three months redoing my apartment. So that's been (laughs) And it's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Go follow him on Instagram and you can go look at it. (laughs) I I know. I uh, like just really enjoy taking photos of my apartment. (laughs) World. I'm like, I hope like, I don't, like re- regret this when I have like stalkers or something. But I, no one also, knows. every t- you say you li- like every time I see that you live in Washington Heights, I like always think of In the Heights. Like every time, I know. And when ugh, I just want to see that movie, like we need to 
how I was talking about it yesterday. Now. The fact that we have to wait another year. <laughs> I know. Me angry. But we get Hamilton this year, so we do. Hamilton comes in like a couple, yeah, like month. a month, like a month. No, it's July third. Oh, it's so July. It's like I thought it was June for some yeah. reason. No, um, it's a month. So, so. yes, I can. I can accept Hamilton. I have already seen <laughs> Hamilton. I can. Yes, I have too. The, okay, we're with, yeah. we're the few people. Who <laughs> in the show please don't hate us yeah well my sister and i had tickets for it uh, in dc in august and it got canceled so we're hoping that it will someday happen again so we can go see it, it. will happen again i have a friend on the tour and he's just okay. keeps telling me that it's it's gonna come back i mean like the uh, it's those big shows hamilton's not going anywhere wicked's right, not going right. anywhere you know yes yeah, yeah if they were, I'd give up. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> right. I say if wicked closes, I'm quitting the business. That's how right. I feel. <laughs> well, um, I'm so excited to talk about all of that. We're going to get away from all the negativity or COVID yeah, stuff, COVID stuff. Cause we're going to now get into the Michael Brennan stuff. The, this is like each Michael e Hollywood, Brennan Michael Brennan story. Like, <laughs> 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 like one day did you you're used to watch have... the Hollywood stories of course I did oh those were my like what was that middle school and high school years like I was obsessed yeah. Saturday yeah. morning that was my jam I think they did one on there's definitely one on the friends cast I definitely oh I watched that. the friends one I yeah, watched yeah. I think oh. there's one on the Save. but is there one on Saved by the Bell cast I can't remember I don't, I don't know about that I remember the Full House one that came out okay yeah yeah, yeah. obsessed with Full House mm. and I will unashamedly say that I still watch Full House Fuller House. Like the, oh, like Fuller House. Okay. The sequel on Netflix. I mean, it's, it, I still watch it. I love those characters. And I, anyway, but I'm That's obsessed great. with behind the scenes, knowing mm-hmm. all the TV. Like, I love all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Me too. Um, I should say, first of all, too, Michael, the, re- the way Michael and I know each other is, actually, is literally through theater. Mm-hmm. Um, we both did the same theater company in Richmond slash Fredericksburg-ish. Yeah. And we did a, I think we did maybe two shows together. We did High School Musical and um, Joseph. I think uh, were the two that we did. Yeah, we did High School Musical two, and then we did uh, which was ten years ago this <laughs> this summer. Oh my god, Taylor, that was that's crazy. Ten. Years ago. <laughs> so that was we did High School Musical two. Then we did you do Teen Camp the next year? Yes. Mm-hmm. No, we, well, I mean, I spent the, that's yes. after High School Musical mm-hmm. 2, I spent every summer in Richmond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we did two shows plus Teen yeah. Camp. Which, and then we both went to the same university and I saw you in many shows. I've seen so many shows at Liberty, you have no idea. Like, really? since Phantom <laughs> on, I'm pretty sure I've seen almost every show there. You, Except no. in the last, like, year or two. I haven't seen every I'm sure one. you've seen more than me and I was there yeah. for theater. Yeah. Very possible. So it was, uh, you had some incredible roles we played some of the same roles i don't know if you knew that no what did we, what did we, do? Well, we both played legle in um Lennis. we both played um someone in annie i guess like one of the cabinet members in annie i just remember you coming to annie in richmond and you were like i played this role <laughs> you know what's funny about that cabinet role about annie my annie was my very first show i ever did in 2007 and I was like these those random roles servant uh, like one of the servants. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. I just did Annie again two years ago, and I was the exact same track <laughs> as I was when I was fourteen years old. <laughs> I kept telling them, to the down to the point that um, I there's a radio producer role in the in the show. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's like running around and like getting papers and whatever. 
and the director's like, I need somebody else to play this role. Michael, can you play this? I'm like, of course. It, it completed the cycle. I had yeah, played yeah, yeah, yeah. Back the yeah. same track. Yeah. So we did Annie. What else? What, have you done anything else that I did? I don't think so. I think I do remember like, Lake Lay. Yeah. yeah. Lake Lay is one of the, the best students in Lay Miz, if anyone yeah. cares. <laughs> and like, I always was just like, it's just Legolas. That's just his name. <laughs> He's Legolas. <laughs> <laughs> like people were like how do you say it? and i was like it's just legolas whatever <laughs> but, what yes. that role i think is still on my resume <laughs> <laughs> Listen, oh, my resume because i was doing the community theater it's literally like all high school stuff because i didn't do anything in college and then like i stage managed the, the community theater here in lynchburg did holiday inn and i stage managed that and i know it's it's amazing and but it was literally like nothing since high school and then like holiday and in, in 2020 <laughs> okay. Okay. so yeah um so yes we know each other through theater i am a i love theater i i fell in love with i really think like i've always thought like what is the origin like where did i really start loving theater and i really think it's high school musical like i oh. really always think like i look back Les Mis was the first show I ever remember seeing. Maybe Lion King I saw before that, but Les Mis is one I definitely remember the first like live performance ever seeing. It was with CYT. And I, I mean, that, I mean, Les Mis like is like changed my life too, but High School Musical came before that. And I, th so that's kind of where my love of theater, I remember distinctly like, oh, this is something like I truly love the art form and just wanted to do it all forever and i and i love supporting it too i mean my and my thankfully i married someone that loves theater and we go and support it all the time good and thank we you go to dc <laughs> all the time <laughs> and yeah so uh i'm excited to get, kind of dive into all of that but first we're gonna kind of jump back and start kind of where you're from and all of that i know you're from the south but were you born in fredericksburg um or? i was born in colorado springs oh colorado. okay no, no one really knows that just because I was born there. And then I think we moved to Virginia, so like maybe two or three months after I was right. born. Mm -hmm. So you don't um, remember Colorado at all? At no. all. I, I remember <laughs> visiting when I was like four, but no, I've no idea. And they were like, Michael, do you remember this? And you were like, no. <laughs> no. Um, it's kind of funny. The Our neighbors, the house we lived in, we had family and friend neighbors. And when we moved, they ended up moving into our house. Oh, wow um so i guess they just they were just it's kind of weird to think that yeah. neighbors moved. anyway i don't know why they did that anyway <laughs> they moved into our house like a deal, so, i guess i guess maybe um <laughs> so they kind of preserved our family name but mm -hmm. i don't remember that time <laughs> at mm -hmm. all yeah so and then i know you have siblings and then you have half siblings too right yeah, or, I'm how a, does that work? <laughs> sure. So I'm the youngest of seven children. I call myself the Gretel of the Von Trapp family. <laughs> um, iconic. Iconic. My favorite movie of all time. <laughs> if anyone cares. Uh, I'm surprised it's taking you this long actually to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm embarrassed, but then I have no one can see the Zoom, but behind me I have um, my Fair Lady record on my shelf, and like mm -hmm. Julie Andrews is my everything, and yeah. like I'm sitting next to her book her second book <laughs> work is in my hands if anyone wants to know Amazing. Um, so yeah i'm the youngest of seven um my dad my dad's first marriage he had a son then my parents got married and they had four kids and then they divorced and then my dad's final marriage final he's still alive but my dad's 
Um, she, my stepmother already had two kids, so that was my step-siblings, um, so that created the seven of us. And then okay. um, my mom's husband, they never had kids or anything. But, uh, so did you live with your dad after? So when my parents divorced, it was a split custody. I was really with my mom most of the time. Um, I was okay. so young. I was three. So oh, wow. yeah. I, was with, I was with my mom a lot of the times. They share, I was shared on weekends. And then my senior year of high school, um, my mom and my stepdad talked about um, moving to Texas. And that was my senior year of high school. And I was like, I'm not leaving with right. you. Sorry, yeah. my life is here um, in yeah. Fredericksburg. So I... Uh, thought for the sake of my dad's relationship and me, I was like, I'm going to move in mm-hmm. with my dad more full time. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom ended up not moving to Texas. Then she moved later on, but I'm grateful that like I moved in with my dad and like really mm-hmm. established a relationship there. Um, and then kind of my, my dad's house where he lives now, that was our family's first home in Virginia. So I've, that's, I've known that house my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. My, my, they divorced my mom, um, moved somewhere else. So, yeah. uh, I've always had the split custody and as a baby, I've always been tossed right. around. Has it, was, did that have a big impact on you, even though it, you were so young? Like, what was that like? Yeah. I, did you hear about kind of divorce or even in entertainment, like movies, like divorce is obviously an, can be an awful thing for children. And, yeah. um, but like being that young, I mean, three years old is so young. Like you don't yeah. even probably even comprehend anything. So. I don't, I don't remember the divorce at all. I remember, I only have two distinct memories of my parents even being together. And honestly, I don't even know if they're accurate, but it's what my brain remembers. One being like, I woke my parents up in bed and then they brought, and then I don't know if this was even the same morning, but I remember my dad picking me up, sitting me on the counter and he let me try his coffee. And, but they were still, they were still married at the time. Um, so that's the only thing I remember of them being together. I do remember getting um, counseling. They were part, during the divorce, like we were the, the four kids. We were all saw, um, were given counseling, which was probably like play therapy or something. Yeah, I remember drawing. I'm so weird. Why do I remember this? <laughs> they were like they gave me a piece of paper and asked me to draw, mm-hmm. and all I remember is drawing like a circle and putting a smiley face on it, and then having like stick legs come from the head. Like I, the body, there was no body. Was for, these <laughs> right. people had no bodies. It was just a circle and legs. Right. Um, why? Which is I, how I draw now. So <laughs> it's nothing has changed. To be quite honest, yeah. I'm still drawing that. Uh, but after that, I, I mean, yeah, it has to affect you. It has, I know mean, mm-hmm. definitely affected my older siblings because they were involved more and they mm-hmm. saw the dynamic of their relationship. Um, I think if any divorce is just a, a very messy thing um especially when children are involved and yes mm-hmm. i mean i imagine what my life would be like had they stayed together and i mean i've asked them both and um there's been so much healing that's come from in the, especially in the last like five years um, at least on my end because mm-hmm. you know i had all these questions like why weren't you together why um why couldn't you make it work but when i was mm-hmm. my sister and the, it goes my sister, then my brother, and then my other sister, then me. Um, the sister right above me, um, she's uh, four or five years older than me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I consider myself like the lifeline baby. Like they're like, maybe one more child will help. <laughs> um, and I'm like, thank you for having me, but that didn't work. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it, it just really played into my 
understanding of what like relationships were. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's played a lot into um, kind of what a family should look like versus what our ideal image of what mm-hmm. a family should look like versus like what reality, what a real family looks like. No, no one's perfect. Right. Um, I've discovered in like recent years that I used to really gravitate myself to families that their parents were still married. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I need therapy. <laughs> That's what I need. <laughs> I, I think we all deserve and should have therapy, but, um, absolutely. Um, which I mean, I'm, I'm a counselor, so I'm a huge advocate for like, therapy. Yes, but... <laughs> talk to somebody. Um, I, I'm very, listen, telehealth like... is happening right now, Michael. So you can totally get on. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I should talk to somebody for sure, but, uh, what am I saying? I lost my train. It's okay. It's totally fine. It's fine. Uh, but <laughs> I think I'm, oh, gravitating to families. Yeah, I've just yeah, yeah, grabbed yeah. like wholesome, whole families. Like, and I don't know if I did that because I just wanted a sense of normality. I mean, I'd come mm-hmm. home and I'd- Is that something friends. you noticed more after, like now? And then yeah, definitely. Not always. like while you were kind of going through No, it. no. I, I mean, I would come home from school and then I would just go to like my, my the family friend's house and their parents became like mm-hmm. my parents. Yeah. Um, and- if it helps, though, I did that, too, and both my parents are still married. So. Right. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It yeah. also probably had to do with, like, the kids were my friends, and yeah. my siblings were much older than me, so we weren't, like, a, they had their lives. Like, I was in elementary mm-hmm. school, and my siblings were in high school, you know, and going, right. mm-hmm. going to college. So yeah. maybe that's what it is. I'm still trying yeah. to pick that out. But mm-hmm. to answer the question mm-hmm. fully, it definitely did affect me. I don't yes. know. <laughs> I'm still picking out pieces of of what it has done to me, but mm-hmm. also I've had a in the last, like, I think the last two years, I've had a lot of healing come from it and like mm-hmm. really asking my parents hard questions and saying, yeah. this did affect my life. I need to yeah. know why these things happened and where we can grow from there, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I think there was probably a part of me that was so angry with them and I didn't know mm-hmm. and resentful. And I feel, especially now, like, I've moved on from that. I've, mm. um, I've forgiven them. And I, I think it's just because you have to talk about these things. A lot of people don't yeah. talk about issues, especially parents. They don't want to talk about their past relationships with their children. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can understand that it brings a lot of like hurt back up, but um, it needs to be talked about. At least yeah. That's my- yeah. I think it's funny or maybe not funny, but that's just the saying we use. It's funny how um, as you get older, you really start to look back on your life, your childhood and like you notice things that you didn't notice before or you you bring up things in your family that were like, maybe, maybe we should have talked about that or maybe we like things like that. And it's fun, at least with my siblings, like we always end up talking it as siblings and then we're like, well, maybe we should bring this up to the, the rents as we call them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, my relationship with my siblings has even changed in the last couple of years. I mean, yeah, for so long, I didn't, I didn't really have relationships with any of them. Um, it was... I think I'm a lot so glad you're getting you're starting that because I was going to ask you about it. Yeah, I mean, I I would say like most of my life, I my brother and I never had a relationship whatsoever. My oldest sister, um, Jen, her and I are, are were close growing up, um, but she's nine years older than me. She also now lives in um, across the country, so I don't see her and her family anymore. But I of course love everyone in my family. Right. Um, the relationships just weren't there, and I think it had a lot to do with what was going on inside of my life and. Um, 
things, me trying to figure out what's going on in me. But just in the last like year, my brother and I really like sat down and talked to like connect and I mean, I've, I feel like I've developed my own relationships with my friends and created my own kind of family. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, your family is still your blood and your, there needs to be, right. I want to have relationships with them. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, those things are happening in healing too. I mean, it's taken, yeah. I'm 20, I'm, again, I'll be 27 in August and it's taken this moment, but I'm more grateful that I can be more open with them and talk with them and, uh, I know there's a lot of family therapy that's going on within ourselves, <laughs> yeah. which is good. I, I wish, think it's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to like ref- reflect and get things out. And like, even with my family, like we, I think I'd say like my brother and I were never super close, but we definitely, as you, I feel like as you get older, you definitely tend to get a little closer and sometimes with maybe, maybe with some families, but maybe because you just grow up and you're like those things yeah. don't matter anymore yeah. you know like yeah. my re- le- legitimate conversation re- between my brother and i it was it was him being like michael i know i've done a lot of wrong to you growing up frankly mm-hmm. i just don't remember anything anymore and <laughs> we have and he's like i want you to know like here now i love you and i want to grow have a relationship with you i was mm-hmm. like yeah well, like, there's nothing we can talk about in the past yeah. like it's over we, we right. have to move forward from here right um, right so, so being the, I'm the youngest as well, which maybe, I love. Do, you love, do you love being the youngest? I mean, it doesn't really <laughs> affect me either way. I think I had it more easy, easily, easy, more easy. Uh, growing up, I think like all my siblings didn't get a cell phone until they were 15, but I got mine when I was 13 or <laughs> um, I never had a curfew in high school. I think well, a lot to do with CYT. My parents just... Right. I saw all the bad things my siblings had done and like all yes. the rebellious mm-hmm. things. And I was like, yeah. that's not me. So I just didn't do that. And yeah. so my parents yeah. trusted me and I didn't have a curfew, but I wasn't also out until 3 a.m. drinking in high mm-hmm. school. Like that just wasn't me. Um, you know, so it's I funny. I-, I actually didn't get a cell phone until I was like 17. But only because, yes, but only, and I didn't get my, this was a choice, but I didn't get my license till I was 18 because I was like, I can, uh, I have two siblings. I have friends, like people can drive me around. Like, I don't need to, (laughs) that was my mindset. I I was so, I Mm -hmm. wanted, I have always been so, maybe this has to do with like my family's dynamic and like being the youngest and um, whatnot, but I've always felt as if I've been um, very intentional with being motivated to do things and like being my own person. And like right. I, the second I got, I could get my license. I was driving the second I could mm-hmm. get a job. I was, I got a job, you know, very self-motivated. Um, do you know about the Enneagram? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've well, talked I, about it on this podcast before. Okay, amazing for those who listen. <laughs> I'm a three um, type three wing four, but like okay. all about like goal oriented, like success. And like, I'm not saying those are mm-hmm. amazing things. Those aren't my identity and I'm working. For, <laughs> however, no, but it's not bad to have goals or success. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like very success. motivated. I'm like, I, yeah. I don't need to wait around for anybody. So um, yeah. I just have always been that way. And I think mm-hmm. it's helped me. I mean, I, yeah. I'm a very self-motivated person. Which is great. I think it's wonderful. I w- part of me wish I had that. <laughs> I mean, part of that. truly. Yeah. But I mean, I, mean I guess starting this, like I was motivated to do. I'm motivated to do things that I want to do. And that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's self-motivated to do, have to create goals. You had an idea about doing a podcast and you've made it happen. 
you know yeah. um i always dreamed of moving to new york and pursue theater yeah, and i don't a, a, a lot of help i can't yeah. i don't get credit for all that but um well we'll get there yeah. <laughs> um so, childhood 101 <laughs> yes um so we we obviously have talked about theater a lot and it's a huge part of you of course mm-hmm. but uh, on a, you did talk about this a little bit on another podcast that you were on but when did it kind of start for you like was performing always like did you see it at church did you see it at whatever like was it all did you see it at school like was it something that you just saw and you were like, I have to do this or sure. did you have to get in it. And then you were like, Oh, this is, I know what I want. I want to do this. Right. Um, my relationship with theater has been so interesting. I started <laughs> performing until my first show in Annie in 2007. <laughs> um, I have always sung. I'm a singer and that's just, just what I've always, always known for mm. um, growing up. Like, Oh, that boy has a good voice kind of thing. Um, but I thought I was going to be in ministry for for everything. Like I started, I was really involved in my church and mm. I was uh, highly involved in our worship ministry and youth ministry and leadership. And I was like really into that. I mean, I'm thankful for it because it taught me how to play the piano and um, learn how to, uh, it was helping my relationship with God. And mm. uh, for a long time, I just felt like that was my calling, but I also didn't know theater existed. I grew up on, um, like, uh, um, uh, Brandy and Whitney Houston's yes. uh, Arella or like yes. Annie or Peter Pan with Kathy Rigby. Like those were my, oh, Mary Poppins at the Sound of Music. Those were like yes. my core movies, even without knowing um, mm-hmm. theater. Like I loved them so much, but didn't mm-hmm. know I could professionally pursue that right, world. Right, that it was a thing that you could do. Yeah, Exactly. So not Which that's Cinderella, by the way, super ahead of its time. <laughs> ahead of its time. Iconic, yeah. diversity, yes. uh, all around. It is still... Basically the Hamilton of its time. <laughs> yes, I agree with no, you. Yeah, yeah. Top, top 10 favorite movies. Yeah. Um, for, <laughs> I'm, I, and I have no shame about it. I mean, come on, Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Bernadette anyway. Peters. I mean, come on. Oh, falling in love with love. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Okay. <laughs> but uh, again, I just didn't know I could perform. And I was like very motivated with ministry and thinking I was going to go to school to be a worship leader. And <laughs> just, it's so funny now <laughs> how things have changed. Um, but when I was in middle school, uh, CYT, for those who don't even know what the organization is, it stands for Christian Youth Theater. It's a international, international, it's a national organization. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> for children for between like eight and 18 and um and it opened up um in my town and i had heard of it and they were performing actually they used my church as a venue they were performing in oh, okay. the, the show tom sawyer which was like a cyt written show <laughs> and they used our venue and i just i remember seeing it and being like there was like 70 kids performing on the stage mm-hmm. and it was very good <laughs> i was so confused yeah. i was yeah. like what is going on um but at the time i was like i would i think that i would be enjoy doing that um i had, I had no dance training on nothing like that i just saying and i performed like a little summer um bible camp shows at church but right. nothing real but i seeing it i was like this is the coolest thing ever i <laughs> um i'm so happy for them but at the same time but i wasn't wanting to do it and then 
that fall, so that was spring, that fall they were doing Annie and my, a friend of mine was doing a class. Um, the way the, the organization works real fast, you have to take a class and then you audition to mm-hmm. be in the show and whatever. Yep. So I did sign up for a class and at the first class, a teacher, oh, the director of Annie met me. She's like, hi, this is who I am. Um, are you going to audition for the show? And I was like, no, I simply can't do that. I'm really involved <laughs> in my church. I just can't do right. it. Right. And long story short, I was kind of forced to audition and I got like my first callback and had like well, dance for the first time and started rehearsals and you know the that whole CYT experience yep. Yep. um and with all these kids my age I'm like oh my gosh like I had never connected with people I had tried mm-hmm. sports and wasn't good at it like I finally found something that I was good at mm-hmm. that I loved with people my age and in a Christian atmosphere and I was like this is it I have <laughs> found exactly what I, want to, what I want to do and 15 shows later I, I I graduated with this huge love and passion for performing and knew that like I wanted it to be in my life in some form however I had so many doubts from other people and this is a lesson to not listen to other people's doubts and insecurities <laughs> put on you because it's not going to help I had so many people when mm-hmm. I they found out I wanted to pursue theater full-time um they're like it's a, such a hard business it's um it's almost impossible to get a job it's so impossible right. to be on broadway and for i was so scared to say i want to be on broadway um that was so scary to me and i just never talked about it and i had parents tell me that they thought it was a bad idea i come from a business family my dad owns his own business my mom is an accountant um mm. this was not the norm so for me to go to school and study it was very opposite of everything else I had known. Um, but, and I, but I still had those doubts in my head, but knew what I wanted to do. So my senior year of college, I had declared that I was a theater major, but I also had like business minor or like arts okay. administration. Like I had all these backups, right. you know, like, and this is like part of my like full like Christian testimony, but um, it was this moment of me just having all these doubts and insecurities and I felt just to get a little spiritual here, I felt yeah. like God saying, Michael, I have called you to perform and you can always go back to school for business. You can always go back to school to study something else. But if you were going to do this, you have to do it with everything you've got without any excuses, without any fear and any doubt and just try. Um, and I had released that fear and I, graduated actually i'm still trying to graduate i have one class i need to take but, <laughs> uh, but which is history so technically my theater background i'm, I'm educated right but, uh, right but when that happened i was like fine i'm gonna do this and i have been working um professionally thank god pretty much this whole time obviously not right now um mm. which has opened so many doors and just releasing that fear and insecurity and like my dream is to be on Broadway. Have I been on Broadway? No. Is it possible that I can? Yes. Is it yes. possible I won't? Also, yes. <laughs> uh, but I, it's me. You are incredibly talented. I do want to tell you that. Like, oh, I've seen you in so many, many roles. And I mean, I mean, even roles that in college, I was like, why isn't Michael playing this role? Like, <laughs> like things like that. Like we, I mean, my, my family, like we love watching you on stage. So yeah, it's not even like, I think that drive and it like you also have to have talent i think too so it's like both yes. thank you <laughs> yeah I mean, i'm glad <laughs> <laughs> I, I do say like 
you you have to have that. You absolutely have to yeah. have strive in order yeah. to do this profession, and I think that's why it works for me in that sense. Thank thank you for saying yeah. that. Very kind work. I think too, and you hear at least I've heard in interviews all the time, like everyone's talented but then if you're also just like a nice and kind person then like and the other person's a jerk then we'll probably like if if even if you're not as talented as the other person like we'll probably just go with you because you're a nice and kind human so from your mouth to god's ears (laughs) (laughs) and works in my favor i hope i'm yeah i mean listen you just have to like there are so many choice words i could use so many words right now there are so many must and um that's just because of life circumstances and i think hurting people hurt people so um, with that i think i just ask god to like open doors and close doors and that's all i need and i'm uh fine with that but uh he's been very faithful and like i have been working um knocking down doors the best i can but yeah yeah so um, we're (laughs) all Am I still talking about my <laughs> No, you're good. Um, so I do want to j- jump back a little bit too and talk about your faith and how that um, kind of intercedes with performing for you. Um, I know it, it. listening to that pot, I, well, first I should say, I, I get it, my brain like says like four things and I'm like, wait, which one am I going to say? And then I'm like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, I would say we know each other pretty well, but I would also kind of say it's very kind of pa- a little bit passively. Mm-hmm. Um, so listening to that podcast, I, I, I felt like I got to know you a little bit more. And now obviously we're doing this, but um, knowing that faith is something that is important to you, I think is, is, is cool to share with people. And I just want to, as someone that does love New York and does love that community it's it feel and is a Christian that it feels very separate like very you know you kind of hear things about the Broadway community or theater community and you don't but I don't know because I'm not there so I just also want to know like how does your faith kind of impact who you are as a performer but also in the sense of like the community and like has it of like being in New York? Is it, has it been difficult? Has it been hard? Like, has it challenged you? Like what are like moving there? Like, was it, were you nervous about like saying that you were a Christian? Like what are those things that, yeah. What talk about that. Sure. Um, well, my story is a little complicated and it's not, well, I, I don't want to say that. It's just, I, I feel like I'm a different, in a different shoes than a lot of people. Um, mm a lot to do with my sexuality, which I'm fine with talking about, but uh, was, I've known I was gay since I was little. And I say that to talk about, there's so much of a battle between being a Christian and being dealing with somebody's sexuality, but also wanting to perform in theater. So I've had all of these right. different elements in my life of one being, one, my ultimate goal has been to honor God and pursue my relationship with Jesus. That has been my first and foremost, like all I've ever cared about. Um, and I've made that decision for myself. It's not been put upon me. Um, so I say Which that. It's so important. Like yeah. even as someone that it is important not to be like, oh, this is my family thing and that's what I'm doing. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, exactly. So having all these obstacles, like, kind of almost prevent me from having a faith. I mean, just being gay alone could, I know too many people who aren't, have, don't love God at all because they're so like, well, God hates me so much. I shouldn't love him, and which is not true. And um, so 
performing comes from is like almost a form of worship for me because like mm -hmm. nothing I do is because of my own will. Nothing I my voice is not because I'm ultra ultra like this huge talented person. You know I I was given gifts. I've always recognized that these are easily taken away from me. They were given and can be taken away from me. Right. Right. Um, so that's been one of my with that understanding performing has been worship um and being a christian and a very like because we grew up in christian theater and mm -hmm. then i went to a christian university having all these inner demons and fights within myself just because i love god so much but also i was like there's something also in my life that i can no longer hide at least depend no matter where your stance is on it I couldn't deny that I was experiencing it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, with that, I had a really hard time battling my, my relationship with God while performing in the beginning. And then, um, w because I didn't know who I was, you know, of course mm -hmm. I love Jesus. Like I, I had a relationship with God, but, um, I really didn't know who I was because I was allowing the world and I was allowing from both the secular um, aspect and also my Christian friends, I was allowing everyone else to define me. I was allowing everyone else to tell me who I was, who I wasn't. And it made me very lost. And so my senior year, huge story, but condensing it to some, um, I was almost kicked out of school for um, it came out that I was gay and I was in what theater department I was almost kicked out. And with that, I had such a monumental dress. And then I, this, you're the first person I've talked about this on a like public setting. I didn't even talk about this on the other podcast. Right, right. Um, but I was, uh, I had this very divine moment with God of being so angry with Him. Um, this will get to your question, I promise. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Uh, so angry, so confused, so bitter, um, very broken. And I had this very spiritual, overwhelming presence of God just coming up, raining. I'll never forget laying in my apartment in Lynchburg, sobbing my eyes out. And like, God, it was the most divine moment I've ever experienced of God just like holding me. It was as if he was holding me in his arms. He's like, Michael, I love you. I love you. I know that you love me. And right now you need to focus only on me. Don't focus on your concerns, your questions. Just develop a relationship with me. And once I had this understanding, it's like, oh, God just loves me. He just wants to have a relationship with me. All these other external things will sort themselves out. Right now, God is just asking me to love him so that he can be my main focus. Once I had that understanding and going into the secular world, I was then able to be so secure with who I was that it didn't matter if I was a Christian in a secular world. I think I relate uh, because I'm also, I deal with my, uh, with being gay. I understand people who are gay and I understand their, their concerns and their anger, but I can relate to them on an element of one port, uh, one part of their lives, but can also speak into it even more with like, with God, you know, it can be like, I understand what you're going through, but like God wants to see, he, he cares more about you than just this one element. And like, right. um, you know, and, 
people don't get to hear that because Christians, you know, they'll come into a secular world and be like, Jesus is love, stop sinning. Where I'm like, yeah, sin sucks and you need to stop sinning. But like, first God wants to know who you are. So that has like opened many doors of conversation. I think people respect me more in that element because they know I'm not a hypocrite and I can, I ex have experienced what they experience, mm. which is, I mean, I think it was very confusing for a lot of people for a long time because they just didn't know. Like, you're a Christian, you're dealing with your sexuality, you're also, like, performing. Like, yeah, because they're right. not, like, defining factors. My, mm -hmm. my defining factor is I'm a Christian. I'm a son of God. I'm not the son of God. I am a child of God. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, we can cut that out. Yeah, cut that out. <laughs> no. um, <laughs> but being a child of God, like, that's my identity. Right. So I... Right. Allow, I don't even know if I'm making sense right now. I, I know what I'm no, thinking. No, no, you are. Uh, but it's Although allowing. I may listen back to this and be like, mm. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Start this whole thing over. <laughs> but it just has allowed me to have real relationships with people because they see me and know my mm. heart and know, like, mm. as an example of Christianity that they don't normally get. You know what I mean? Right, They've right. They've had very, very bad experiences with Christians. Um and be, being in a very liberal um, career, people have been hurt by the, the church, and they have. Yes, and I, yeah. Mm -hmm. Being me and my relationship with God, knowing where I am, they see me as a safe place, and, we, mm -hmm. a, and a conversation can de develop, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm no longer a threat, because I've let this wall down and be like, listen, I just want to have, I just want to be with you. Mm -hmm. I want to develop a relationship with you, um, and like, let you know, like, God just loves you. And that's if there's mm. I have so much pressure on myself because I'm like am I making a difference for the kingdom being in the theater and like I think those are doubts that the, the enemy will give me but I do believe I am making a difference because some people just need to know like Jesus loves you and like yeah. I think everyone yeah. else telling you like you're sinning and you're doing wrong what's going on deep in your heart God will work that out with you but you just need to know Jesus loves you so mm. um it's made my faith stronger it's made me um, I'm very candid. I have been in positions where I'm like, I'm just not doing well right now. Um, and I have my people that I talk to. Um, no one's perfect. And mm. I will be the first to say that. But I have grown a lot. And I'm, I think my, my mom, her and I talked a while ago about her being concerned that I'm in the theater. And she's like, I think this could be very dangerous for you. And I just don't agree because people in the theater need Jesus as much as somebody in Africa. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, right. Missionaries in Africa. And thank God there are people who are doing that. But like, I truly feel called to mm -hmm. be, I'm in a mission field of my own. And if I mm -hmm. wasn't here doing it, who else is going to do it? You know? Right. Right. So I feel like I'm making a difference. It may not be like sitting down with somebody right now and leading them to Jesus on my couch, but like there, mm -hmm. but I am developing relationships. I'm having, I have people reach out to me. One of my best friends um, who I've met, she's never grew up in a church. She didn't grow up with any understanding of faith. And it's so funny when we talk about it, because she asks questions. I'm like, in a normal, like growing up in the, the church, like that kind of question is just silly, could be silly to someone, but she would right. have no knowing. She'll mm -hmm. just call me and be like, can you talk to me about this? And I'll, <laughs> like, you know, I'm not very faith, like I'm not really religious or anything, but I just like, I know you, mm -hmm. You, every time I talk to you, I have a piece and you help me understand things. I'm like, God, if that's my example, if that's why <laughs> the way you're using me, thank you. And I'll take right, it. Right. Um, so I know God's, God's being glorified regardless. And like, I just mm. can't allow all these doubts and fears I have to like rule yeah. out the group that's taking place.
is. I don't yeah. know if I even answered one ounce of your question. No, but that's- no, no. Well, I was going to ask too, something I was thinking about while you were talking is like, is that something you thought of when you were, because right after school you went to Disney, is that right? Or I worked at Hershey Park for oh, Hershey. Okay. summer and then right after Hershey Park I went to Disney. Yeah. But being in a non-Christian bubble, I guess is what we say. Yeah like is that something you thought of like we're worried about like going to a secular place like especially in the theater community like it's like oh. there's the world and then there's like like it's almost like it gets smaller it's like if you know what i mean like there's the the world and then the, the theater community gets smaller and then you're like oh because oh, there, uh, there definitely are christian performers and and yeah. backstage or whatever but i mean you, I, I, me personally, like I don't hear about it all the time, so I just wonder no, if that's uh, something that you thought about going in after graduating or anything. Quite honestly, I was terrified. Um, <laughs> I had spent, I mean, what is that, eight, nine years of my life surrounded mm-hmm. by a Christian theater environment. So my last semester of college, because of what had happened, I was. Um, not in any of my shows my last semester and um they uh, in what could have been a very sad and depressing season of my life became one of the most amazing joyous seasons of my life and i felt that was a big time for god to really prepare me for the the next step um and i'm so thankful and i would never take that back for anything and but still like not knowing like i have never been in a group of people who are like going to parties like we went to right. Liberty. there are no parties if they are <laughs> there are parties actually because i went to two so yes! <laughs> well, i was too good of too goody two shoes could not <laughs> i just did not do that but <laughs> that was, listen they're not anything like they're not non-christian really. no but <laughs> <laughs> but they're they were definitely i mean they were interesting people there that's what i'll say <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, I'm proud. Um, I, I didn't know what to expect. And I definitely went in guarded. I, <laughs> and it was right. like very guarded. And I know we're told to like have our protection up, the armor of God to protect us. Yeah. Yes, definitely have that. There is a difference between being shielded from like that stuff to just yeah. being like so cold because you're scared of people. Mm. And I was mm. almost cold because I was scared. I had, mm. It was more of like, I've never been, I, the language people are using, I was so, in, I was not in my element. Mm-hmm. And um, I also had, a, I was very internally, I didn't externally show this, I don't know, but I'm um, very judgmental of the people I was working with at first, just because I'm like, oh, these are just really like broken, sinful people. And of course, right. like, there's an element of truth to that, but also like, I was just so, so used to this. I'm going to call it the college bubble. I'm thinking the other mm-hmm. word, but the college bubble I was in. Um, yes. I was just so judgmental of everybody. Mm-hmm. And I had to like break those um, judgments and uh, down and like just get to know the people and get to know the heart of people, um, which I thankfully have come out of. And like, I don't feel like my judgment and fearful phase is over. I mean, of course, like I, I mean, I, I, I developed those relationships with people. Um, I found Christians on every single contract I've been on. I have found a Christian or God has given me another mm. believer, which is every single one. And that's such an awesome thing. So you having like somebody to go to and pray with and just like, vent right. to mm-hmm. is huge. 
but I've just come to learn to love these people, you know, like, yeah, yeah, not in a judgmental way, not in a, like, an arm's length way, like, I get to know their hearts, like, I get to know these people, they get to know me, and that's what we're called to do, like, mm. I'm not saying I'm doing all their activities, but I'm, right, I'm not like, or that you're perfect, I would say, exactly. which is something that you've said multiple times, but just to read it, like, it's not like I'm just getting to know people and getting to know their hearts and their stories. And, exactly. And that's yeah. what we need to do. There's such a, and the church needs to fix this. It, it just makes me so angry. There's such a judgmental tone towards non-believers. Yeah, there is an element that we are called to help them and like witness to them. Yes, do that. Go share the love of God. Yes. But people, there's never going to be breakthrough in people's lives if you're not getting the time to know right. them. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, knowing and them to develop relationship with you i mean i it just baffles me yeah or putting up a wall because of like one certain thing that they have done or whatever or that they are or whatever exactly exactly like i i just had so much preconceived notions of the people in the arts and like i've heard so many times and this is something that god's been convicting me of too like the theater world is just a very dark and scary world i'm like Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is sin in the theater world, absolutely. But like, I'm not, I'm no longer perceiving it as somebody who's like, it's very dark and scary. It's like, no, it's just the world. And there, it's no right. sinful acts in my, in being in this industry, as much as there are in the church. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. you know, like, we need to break down that barrier of saying that there are two different worlds that, I mean, like, mm. no one's, I don't know. It's all about relationships for me. And I'm thankful yeah. that, God is continuously like shaping me and preparing me. Like, of course I have, I need to have my Christian community. That's very important to me, but like I genuinely have relationships with non-believers and I want to have those relationships so that there's trust and I've in no way judged them in any act of their life. Cause how can I judge someone who doesn't know Jesus? How can I judge them? Like it's not, I'm going to show them the love of God and I'm going to be that example for them, but I'm not, I can't judge them. And unfortunately, the church does that. And that's a whole other tangent. Right. Um, <laughs> well, I think, too, that's something that, like, as Christians, we, even if you haven't gone through an experience like you have, like, that's kind of where we should be at some point is, like, just talk to someone. Like, just have a conversation. Just, like, don't, like, judge someone if you know, like, you know, that you're gay or whatever, whatever it may be, or that they, you know, drink on Saturdays and then go to church the next day, like something like that. Well, let me um, let it be known. I drink alcohol. There's a whole bar. <laughs> yes. So, you know, listen, he still loves me. I'm not being crazy, but I, I like, I, oh! <laughs> well, right. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. I know, I'm sure you've gotten to a place where like you, you are comfortable sharing that, but um i know that i i just i i don't know but i i can tell that with some people that it can be difficult to kind of talk about those things or share those things so but i know i i know because i wanted to have you on that i i know it's important i know it's important to share like Mm -hmm. your story (laughs) i appreciate that no i do it's taken me a while to get to that point but like i had this i it was all out of fear um, I remember the first podcast. Oh, my dog also is like kind of in the in Hello, the you sweet angel. <laughs> my very first the, the that podcast we keep referring to. It's yes. my friend 
name's Chris Sharon, and his podcast is called Sharon Feelings. It's C H E R I N instead of sharing. It's so clever because he's it's so great. smart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he wanted to talk to me about it, and of course, I'm an open book. But it was the first time publicly I talked about really my mm. elements of my life that I've never really opened up about, and I was so scared the day he posted that podcast because I thought like is this going to prevent me from working or the church is never going to talk to right. me again? All these like doubts and doubts. I'm like, first off, if the church doesn't talk to you because you're telling your story, then you don't need to be at that church. First off, you don't need to be involved in that people group. But two, it was very convicting. Like God was like, Michael, I've not called you to witness to the church. I've not called you to witness to people who already know me. You're here to share me to people who don't know me. And if I'm like the one example of Christ in somebody's life, then let me be it and let me like share my truth and share like what God is actively doing in my life. And if you are in any way judgmental or feel that you are better than me, then that's your own problem and I can't really help you, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, well, one of the reasons why I, I think I talked to you before about doing this, but then when that podcast released, I was like, oh, I know for sure that now he would definitely do a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I think the fear is just kind of going away. I'm more yeah. open just to share, like, I have a story to tell. We all have stories to tell, and, like, what good is it for me not to tell it? So mm. That's great. I love that. Well, thank you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um. We're going to get back to performing a little bit, too. Um, I do that sometimes as well. No, it's okay. I asked you the question, so you're good. Um, you, like you said, you did Hershey Park for a little bit. You did Disney Cruise Line, which I'm so excited to talk about. I've, first of all, I've been trying to convince my wife to go on a Disney cruise for like four years. Oh, on a cruise. Well, not <laughs> right, right. Oh, normal. Go okay. Yes. Um, and specifically a Disney one. Like, I'm like, I really want to go on a Disney cruise. And oh. she's like, they're just for children. And, oh. and yes, I've heard multiple times from people that it's actually mostly like adults. It's I don't like, know if I'm my, fr I had, when I was working on the ship, I had a lot of people come visit me. And I remember, especially, especially my parents, um, who had gone on cruises with other companies that are mm -hmm. more adult driven. They were, I'm sure they were just like, Oh, we're going to go to a Disney cruise. Right, were, right, right. They told me like, this is no, this has nothing to do with you being on the ship. It is by far our favorite cruise line we've ever been on. I was <laughs> That's like, amazing, right? Like they're adults. Yeah. They, they they wanted to be away from the kids. It's you can yeah. get away from children. There's you can yes. go hang out, or you can like literally never see one if you don't want to. Yeah, yeah. So what was it like performing on the Disney cruise? Please tell me. Was it grueling? Oh, um, I did, can you, did you feel like you were prepared for it? Like, no, I had no idea what was going on. Um, that, <laughs> that job was given to me by God himself. I auditioned for it in New York and I was given a call back in the room, but because I was working at Hershey Park at the same time, um, I was given the day off to go audition for it, but I couldn't go to the callback. So they were like, okay, we're going to give you all of this film stuff to prepare and then we'll reach out. I didn't hear from them for like, a month and then um, I got a call and they were like we are actually, we're still interested in you can you send in another video of me dancing lol because I'm really not a dancer but <laughs> listen carousel in college I remember oh Taylor that, I, I it makes me very uncomfortable thinking that <laughs> I would teach me ballet it was bad anyway uh, I uh did it and they cast me and I remember my first like rehearsals just trying as someone who's a singer first and like can mm. dance um 
I was, it was hard. I was not prepared for learning three different shows because mm. you're not just doing one show, you're doing three storybook shows, plus you're doing like, like um, enhancements. So I would be like doing an opening show and then we had a like Christmas specific show and then right, we had right. so much to learn. Mm. And I mean, you have two months of rehearsals, but like, is it a no, year contract too? It's, it was, at the time it was eight months. So two months of rehearsals okay. and two months on the ship. I do believe they are longer now. Um, so learning the material was the, was a learning experience in itself. Mm. Um, but getting on the ship, I mean, there's nothing like performing on a boat. One, it actually, the boat is moving while you're performing. Right. So yes. Definitely dealing with that element of like rocking and, um, which is you oh my gosh i didn't even think of that that's so true i know i cannot describe the feeling of standing on a stage trying to stand still and like your your feet aren't moving but your body is just doing it (laughs) um or doing full dance numbers and like i my very last cruise before i got off the ship um we did a special like show for um these people who were like i think i don't remember what disney calls them but they're like the highest paid imagineers I don't know. They're like the highest paid guests and they got to see a private. Oh, okay. Okay. Scenes look of what we did. And I did one of my dance moves. And as I was jumping off this, um, it was like called the fountain. As I was jumping off the fountain, the boat listed. So I'm going down and the boat listed up and like my knee, like I jammed my knee because I was falling as I was going up at the same time. So there's all these elements to that. Um, So you can't even you in the rehearsals, you can't prepare for that. Uh, right, right. Or like tap dancing on stairs, like all these things I was doing. I'm like, how mm. is this happening right now? But it ended up being the most amazing experience of my life up to this point. I believe there's more amazing things to be. Done. <laughs> um, yes, it was the biggest growing experience. It was um, the best cast. Like there, that cast. We are. It's, it's been almost four years now. We're still very close. We still keep in touch. Um, mm. We had our like a Zoom reunion chat like a month. <laughs> That's great. Um, they taught me being fresh out of college and in college, I didn't do um, any theater in between summers. A lot of most students when mm-hmm. they're going to for theater do summer stock. And um, I didn't know that was a thing. Um, so I didn't spend my summers doing that. Mm-hmm. I, but once I got out of college and performed, I was working with these people. I felt like they were my big siblings teaching me, this is how you go to New York. This is how you audition. Right. Mm-hmm. This is what the union is. Like all these things mm-hmm. I had no idea. Um, so I consider that my like year of just l- learning the pr- profession 101. It was um, exactly what I needed. Mm. But also the magic of Disney. Are you kidding me? Like <laughs> it's so magical yeah. and it was so special. And traveling. which one were you on? Were you on the Dream or Disney Magic? Okay. Okay. So we were in the Caribbean for the fall, and then we did our transatlantic two-week cruise into Europe, and then I spent two weeks traveling Europe, which was oh, that's amazing, the best experience of my life. <laughs> uh, I miss traveling. I mean, right? Yes. I'm not really up to going on a cruise ship anytime soon, just because I want to be on land and like keep developing connections. But I loved mm. it so much. I it made sense for me. I love having a schedule. I love being given food i love everything being paid (laughs) i know all i've heard about cruises is that like all you do is eat like that's like the only thing my life was like it was the first time i started working out so i I worked out every day i was eating all the time or you're sleeping or performing like Mm -hmm. that's all you i slept more and watched watched more like tv shows than 
I mean, mm-hmm. right now I'm prepared. I've been prepared for quarantine based off my experience on the ship. Yeah. So I yeah. just by myself. I'm like, yeah, this feels like a cruise ship. And I was just stuck in my room <laughs> with nothing else to do. Um, yeah. So I don't know. The shows are beautiful. Mm. I could talk about it for hours. I loved yeah. it. I, <laughs> I love it. We'll have to get coffee and then we'll yes. talk about it more. <laughs> I, I advocate to go on a cruise ship and I've been, I was supposed to go on one in September. I suppose that my friends were going to sign me on, but then the hurricanes happened. Was that September that happened? Um, and all the cruise ships like right. got like, canceled and stuff. And I was mm. like very upset. But mm. So life. talk about too, of course, New York is very much a theater person's dream and world and everything all of that but what like for you like why new york oh so many things um almost like you kind of said it earlier it's like something about the city when you come visit it it just has this way of like welcoming you of course living here is hard but like i remember the first time i ever came here was with my dad and we went to go see wicked and it was my first broadway show and I was like, this is where I'm meant to be. (laughs) The magic of New York City really does something to you, and there's just nothing like it. Mm -hmm. And so just as a little dreamer at the time, like that, I just wanted to live here to experience it. But then as a performer, like this is where where it's at. I mean, yeah, you can perform all – like you can perform anywhere out of New York. Um, New York just happens to be like the theater hub, so all your auditions are here to audition for – like anytime I – most of the jobs I've gotten, I've auditioned in New York and they've just taken okay. me out of the, but of course, like Broadway's the goal. So, or a dream. Right. So here's for that purpose. Um, mm. But it just, it's just this big, I feel like man, I live in Manhattan living in Washington Heights. So I feel like the city feels almost like a big giant college campus. It's like, can't describe it any other way. Just like there's people everywhere. Mm. It will be like, I'll be at an audition one play. I, I, one moment then my friend's like hey where are you at i'm just two blocks away at some coffee um shop do you want to come over and then you just see people um i love the community which has been very hard for me not having that right now um there's just so much to it and there's it's beautiful beautiful. i love your dog (laughs) yes she's a golden doodle but she's black she's a black i want a dog so badly get a dog highly recommend um (laughs) by the time i'm 30 yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you got time. I do. So, as a performer, like, how is it? How important to you is, like, train? I get not training, but like keeping up with the craft, and you know, you. I hear all the you know, watching interviews, reading things, you know, having voice lessons, whatever. Like, kind of keeping up with your, with your instrument, essentially. Like, is that important to you? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I studied, obviously, for four years at school. And then it helps when when you're actually on contracts. It's hard. I mean, thank goodness we have Zoom and we have FaceTime Mm -hmm. now. So, like, you can do online stuff. And I think this um, pandemic has, like, proven that you 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 can't do everything from home. (laughs) Yeah, I can. Um, I've... uh, which is really cool. Of course, there's nothing like actually being in a room with people. Right. And right. But it's like anything. Like my voice is a muscle. I have to sing. I, I can tell when I haven't sung in a long time. Um, when I, I when I was on a contract, I hadn't had any voice lessons, and I came back, and they were like, 
it was just clear that I hadn't been like intentionally working on my voice. Mm -hmm. um, I can tell when I'm not dancing for a long time because I'll go to a, like a dance call or I'll be learning choreography in a show and be like, wait, what is this again? Like, what is this? Mm -hmm. It's just, you have to keep your body going. Um, it's like anything. Uh, mm -hmm. Though it is like a part of you and it naturally does happen, you just have to maintain your, no one's ever done learning or growing, um, taking acting classes. I take workshops a lot. I take a lot of workshops with Broadway directors and mm. casting directors, um, one to build relationships with them, but also just like to keep my instrument and my, audi my audition um, groove going to mm. get better being told like, this is what you're, you're doing. Um, I think if you make a different choice or like really, that's just stuff, you just have to be drilled. No one's ever going to yeah. be perfect unless you're, no, no one's perfect. I was going to say like Julie Andrews because I think she's perfect. But <laughs> um, Adina Menzel, maybe. Adina Menzel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. And and it's like I mean, if you equate it to like a bodybuilder or whatever, like, or even a doctor. My wife's going to be a doctor. Like, you have to kind of keep up, kind of keep learning and keep kind of working at your whatever your your craft and then yeah, yeah. it can be exhausting i mean and it's also very expensive to be an actor right you're paying right for, lessons, you're for dance lessons you're paying to rent a studio to do mm -hmm. reform to film a submission um yeah. dance classes like headshots. headshots oh my gosh like everything is so expensive plus you live in new york city so rent is yeah. absurd. you're paying for subways you're paying for food it's like it never stops money and i kind of surrendered that a long time ago that you're just never gonna have enough money to live in the city, but eventually like, <laughs> you just make it work. You do. Once I got married, I was like, I'm just gonna give up the fact, like everything that I have to pay for, like food, gas, like electric, like everything I have to pay for, I'm just like, okay, well that's, I have to, even though it's like a lot of money, I'm like, oh, I have to live. So, yep. <laughs> but all the other stuff, I'm like, okay, well maybe I don't need to go out to dinner for the third time of the month or whatever oh it was like third time of the week i'm like yeah that sounds about right <laughs> no uh, i've made very bad financial choices in my life and i'm paying for them now but you know i've also it's i've okay. lived a nice life <laughs> it's okay a lot of debt <laughs> <laughs> no i told i mean we will be in a lot of debt with med school so med school if that, if that helps <laughs> Um, my wife, my wife just got home and she's like rolling her eyes at me. <laughs> she's like, "You'll be in debt? You mean me?" No. <laughs> Together, what's yours is hers. Is hers is yours. Yes, absolutely. Um, I loved this conversation. We're gonna, unfortunately, we're gonna wrap it up a little bit. I feel like we could talk for hours. I really do. Let's have a part two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I love it. Let's check on. <laughs> yeah, in three months from now, I'll check in. Yes. Sounds yeah. good. Um, kind of wrapping it up a little bit. I do ask every guest some questions, so I'm excited to see. I do. I am now. <laughs> I am now um, telling guests what they are because before I wasn't, and there would be like time where they would have to think about it, and I'm I'm just like, oh, I'll just tell them at the beginning. So anyway, um, the first one is if I was able to give you a blank check if I had that ability, which maybe one day, but not right now. Um, how would you use that towards your passion of performing or anything else? Yeah, you're going to have to like, I, I, you asked me that question earlier and I was like, crap, I'm going to think about this. For a while. <laughs> Let's edit this all out. Um, yeah, yeah. 
I feel like, because I wouldn't want to use it for me to, to mm-hmm. starters. I mean, because I could use money selfishly for a lot of things. I have a lot of aspirations on my own. I want to record. I want to, which costs mm-hmm. money. I want to like put on, produce shows and not like Broadway shows, but like cabaret shows and stuff. But that's like not what theater's about. I have a huge passion for um, like college age students and like high school students. Um, and I want to find like, especially because how much I benefited from organizations like CYT and mm. having that kind of education, I would want to give money and find ways of creating like more opportunity for students to perform, um, mm. whether that's scholarship programs, I don't know what that is. Um, I, I love working with kids. Um, mm. And I don't know, it'd have to be something along those lines, whether that be the education aspect of it, whether that be just a financially supports one individual, create an organization of my own, um, something mm-hmm. along those lines. Yeah, that's great. I love that. And I know because you and I were both very influenced by um, our theater experience in high school. Um, so yeah, it's definitely something that I've thought about too. Even, even not even being in the theater community, yeah. like just kind of giving back almost like giving it back to the two younger two yeah. younger kids because the i mean perfect examples but you and even our friends like grant or jake yeah. um like it's so, it can be so influential i mean if if none of us had done any of that we probably you know if they hadn't done it we probably wouldn't be doing shows or doing community theater or anything like that like you, you probably wouldn't be living in new york like i don't know yeah yeah so absolutely that's incredible um sorry my wife just pointed at a dog and it was funny <laughs> she like what so our just to give a i don't even know if i'll keep this in but the our apartment's so empty because we've just sold most of the stuff but we have this like poof and this like little poof and our dog because we don't have a rug anymore or this big chair that she used to sit in uh-huh. so the poof is like the only thing that she has to like lay on <laughs> She like goes, oh my gosh, it's just so funny. <laughs> uh, uh, so good. Wait, you're, you still need to bring a poof to the new place. Yes, we. Met, I don't know. It doesn't fit the same color scheme, so. Your that apartment's gonna be or how is it a house or apartment? It's an apartment. Well, maybe I don't know. We haven't found anything yet. We haven't found one. Well, it's gorgeous. <laughs> it's, it's, it's yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Um, and then the second question, thank you for that answer. I think that's incredible. And I think it is important to have the arts in kids' lives, whether they go into it or not, like it's just important. So I love it. Um, the second question is, which I've recently actually been doing, this is a new question. It's not, hasn't like episodes that I started this in haven't even been released yet. So anyway, but this is a new question and it's just like, what have you, what are you loving right now? Um, and that can be, of course, it can be anything, but of course, with the pandemic going on, maybe there's something specific with that. Um, I can answer because if you want to have time to think about it. But yeah, recently, um, I have been watching Space Force on Netflix. I don't know if you have heard of it or I literally watched like three episodes like before we recorded this. And it is so funny. It is hilarious. What is it? It's basically, it's the guy who created The Office, okay. and it has Steve Carell in it, but it's nothing like The Office. 
It just is like an, uh, it's an office kind of comedy, but it's set with um, Steve Crow's character is tasked with having a, he's like a military person and he's tasked with having a space force with the military. And he, yeah, it's just so good. And my, one of my new favorite comedians, his name is Ben Schwartz. I don't know if you know him or have heard of him. He is in it. Uh, he there's a great Netflix special. Also, another thing that I'm loving called Middle Ditch and Schwartz, and um, they're two comedians and they do improv um, comedy, which I highly recommend watching. There's three episodes on Netflix, and they do long form improv, so they're each an hour long, and they all just all improv the whole. They do a whole story. They each play multiple characters and they each play the same characters too like one of them will go do one character and they'll have to maybe do the same character in the scene and it's just it's incredible it's so amazing not that talented so i have to watch it and be inspired you should you should get into improv too uh, in new york there's a ton of stuff there is a lot and I, again i'm not talented enough i would <laughs> to say it I've, I've been to a couple of improv shows and i simply Get I get overwhelmed at the thought and want to throw up the the, the thought <laughs> of performing and improv. Um, I'm just not quick um, that stuff. I love being told what to say. I, I think it. it's like a muscle. It's like you have. I've done. I did it in high school and I've done a couple things in college, sure. and I I think it's only as good. Like I've had bad partners, so you're only as good as your partner too. Oh, every time. Um, which is true in any type of performing. I would feel like, but um. But if you have a good, like, I had a good partner in high school and, like, we, we, we had a lot of fun. But, yeah. I love that. So, I, so check those out on I, Netflix. This is, like, not sponsored by Netflix, but. <laughs> pay him. Everyone give him money. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, what am I enjoying? Um, I would have said uh, for the first two and a half months of being alone in my apartment, I loved, develop, like, finally getting my apartment to be lovely and be a home. Yes. I had home since high school because um, in college you know how it is you're moving in and out of dorms I, mm-hmm. lived, I lived in three in, excluding my college dorms I lived in three apartments one, I lived in five if that helps holy crap one <laughs> two three I lived in three apartments in this, but I moved far too many times so right now I finally have been in this apartment that God has literally given me. I have a very affordable rent and I have been living at home and I'm very happy with that. Um, but now I'm getting very tired of being by myself. So right now I'm not enjoying <laughs> that element anymore. Um, I've been kind of, this is kind of political, but I've been very, it's not that I'm enjoying doing it, but I feel very passionate about it. It's just really breaking down the barrier of racial issues in our country. Mm-hmm. And something that's something that is going on right now. And it's very, can be very difficult to talk about. And especially being a white man and being in a very white family. Um, I, I feel like I have more insight being in theater and I'm very exposed to people from all different backgrounds and very different races and, um, we're just being in that city too. It's like I've been. Yeah. People might be like, "Well, that's because you're New, you're in New York and you're just being exposed to these things." I'm like, "Yeah, thank God I'm being exposed because I'm hearing and back to relating to people. Mm. Um, I'm getting to know and hear stories and be involved in people's lives. And I'm though it's difficult. I'm breaking down those walls and being an active listener, and but also being active in just ending this freaking fight with racism and 
discrimination in our country and just makes me want to cry and throw up. Um, we're ta having very difficult conversations with my family. And um, so I love and I respect enough that because I love and respect them so much, I have to say something. So that's a little political, but I'm enjoying doing it because I know it needs to be done. It's hard, but I'm glad. Right. To be yeah, absolutely. And is something that is, you know, going on right now, all the peaceful protests and all of that. So it's, it's important to, to, to raise up those issues and talk about it. So even as, even people as, you know, white men that it is kind of difficult to talk about sometimes, but it's important to talk about So Yeah, it is. And having like my nephew is mixed and him, mm -hmm. me just the whole time thinking, I can't imagine a world where he is treated differently. Right. You know, and I can't, and I don't want him to grow up and have any issues. He's only 10 years old. And I'm thinking I have to protect him. You know, it's my job mm -hmm. and I'm going to whatever yeah. I have to do. So, yeah. um, all the craziness it's been, obviously I'm in the middle of it. So I've been yeah. in the middle of this pandemic and I've been in the middle of this, all the, mm -hmm. the protests and also the looting and which is hard to see walking down and seeing like buildings smashed in. That's a whole different story. But, um, at the same time, I'm here to, I'm an ally and wanting to like fight and end this injustice. Mm -hmm. So that's what's going on. So Absolutely. just in my apartment and also stopping information. <laughs> Thank love you. It. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Uh, well, Michael Brennan, Michael, wait, what's your middle name? I don't know your middle name. David, Michael. David. It's my middle name too. Is it? Yes. I wonder if we knew about this in the past of like We probably years. did. I feel like we must have connected on that. Um, yeah, yeah for Yeah, I don't, I don't know why it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> honestly, for a long time, I did not like the name Taylor, but here we are. So Taylor's a great name. Michael's the most basic name you can ever. <laughs> I think it was the name in my year of birth. I was born in '93, so it's like the most common. Well, John, I think John maybe before Michael. And my brother's name is John, so. <laughs> well, at that note, <laughs> thank you so much. I really appreciate this, and I hope we get to see each other soon. I know. I would love to see yeah. you. I mean, even if I'm in, I mean, we will probably visit New York at some point, so I'll come see oh, you. Oh, if you are ever here, please let me know, and I'm yeah. happy to see you. It's so yeah. good to chat, like catch up. I, I love you, and I'm so happy yeah. for you. And have a good time moving, and... Well, we're doing it. <laughs> doing the adult thing. Oh, that's yeah. my dog. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> Goodbye. Yes, please um, go follow Michael on social media. Go um, yeah. follow the Passion Project, and we will see you next time.